Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and today we're going to be talking to Dr. Jeff Sensino on the Optometric Insights Show. So we're here with Dr. Jeff Sensino, personally, great friend, um, probably one of the first people I met in optometry. Jeff, I think it was um, actually when I went in for the orientation, and you were a second year that was kind of involved in showing us around the school and everything like that. And I, I still remember that. And I even remember too going on Vosh trips with you. You you always um, you were one that I, I I knew you thought and you looked at things differently. You always did from the inception of your career. And I know that advocacy has been a big, big, big part of your your optometric career. You you obviously you've been in an academic setting. You crushed it there. You're in private practice. Um, your boss really, really uh, grinds your gears every day in the office. His, his boss is his wife. Um, but advocacy has been a big thing for you, Jeff. And, uh, you know, my biggest question is kind of what drives you towards advocacy? What have your roles in advocacy been? And just share with us a little bit on, on what drives that, that whole inspiration behind um, the advocacy for patient care and optometry. Sure. Thanks, Mio. And you know what? I remember that like it was yesterday when you and I were in school together and on those Bosch yeah. missions and gosh, you know, pulling those 12 hour days, yeah. seeing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. That was that was a good time in life. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back here in the U.S., it, we are in a precarious time right now in optometry. We're We're in a time where there are outside forces that are trying to teach the public that optometrists are not to be trusted and optometrists you know, are not providing a valuable service uh, to patients. And I think probably most of your, your um, listeners understand that that is not the right way to go, but we're just in a really tough time right now. And if we don't act, then the forces that stand against us are going to prevail. And how I got started with this kind of stuff was, I remember it distinctly. I was at um, an academy meeting one time and I was walking down the hall with Clark Newman. And if you don't know Clark Newman, Clark Newman is the most famous optometrist that you've never heard of, right? He, for many, many years, I think about 20 years, um, was the head of the Federal Relations Committee at the AOA um, with a budget larger than any other budget within the AOA. And basically, he's the guy, he, he's like the, um, what's that movie, A Few Good Men? He, he's the uh, Jack Nicholson of optometry. Like, we want him on that wall, we need him on that wall. That's Clark. Clark was, that's, 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 a great, that's a great analogy, Jeff. That is, that is Clark right there. Yeah. But basically, you the know, good, when, the good, the good version of Jack Nicholson, the good right. version of Jack Nicholson. Well, well, the version that, you know, when when people came and attacked optometry on a daily basis, he would be there to repel those attacks. And, you know, as as just optometrists working in the field all day, every day, we don't hear those stories. But optometry comes within extinction on a weekly basis. And it's up to people like Clark Newman to you know, defend and to, to convince regulators that we are doing the right thing and that there are companies out there trying to profit um, from our you know, patient relationships. Um, and I'll never forget, we were walking at this academy meeting and I turned to Clark and I said, I don't know why the heck I'm paying these AOA dues. What good is it for me? 
And he literally stopped. We missed the, the next lecture. And he lectured me for about 45 minutes about all of the things that the AOA does to ensure that I have a profession. And so um, after that talk, I, I really decided that I wanted to get involved as well. And I wanted to, to fight those battles um, like, like Clark was fighting. You know, Jeff, it's interesting. Like, so, so there is a, this kind of um, definitive difference from perspectives, right? When, when the AOA is fighting for optometry, we are um, directly and indirectly fighting for quality patient care as well, too. We're fighting for patient safety. We're fighting for the, the quality of care that we know needs to be delivered to these patients. And it seems like we're one of the only entities that are, that are really doing that. Um, I mean, share with me what, how you feel about that and how you feel that optometry's role is in, in, in making sure that patients get the best care possible in your advocacy efforts. Look, there, there is no shortage of disruptive technologies out there that are trying to convince the public to skip the trip, you know, to skip seeing an optometrist. Ah, you don't need to go get a contact lens um, prescription. We'll just give you your contact lenses over the counter. And they use all sorts of de deceptive techniques like passive verification um, to try to accomplish that goal. Um, you know, there's no shortage of companies out there trying to push forward technologies that are unproven, untested, yeah. like yeah. online vision tests. And they basically are trying to pull the wool over consumers' heads, preying on the ideas of cost and convenience, but not paying any consideration whatsoever to quality. And it's up to organizations like the AOA to repel those forces. Because look, we live in a capitalist society and they are all trying to make money on the backs of, of, of patients. They're trying to insert themselves between the doctor and the patient purely to make money. And it's all about making money for these, for these companies. The AOA is the only organization that has the patient's best interest in mind. And, Jeff, you know, yeah, I was, well, I was just going to say, you bring up such great points, Jeff. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to lift you on a pedestal, but I'm honored to know you and get to work with you. And, and every time you represent optometry anywhere, I, I know that um, you have optometry's interest at, best, at heart and you have best patient care practices at heart too. I've seen your practice. I've, I've been in your practice. You're, you're unbelievable at everything you do, Jeff. Um, you've been at the it's leadership really nice in advocacy. Doing. It's the truth, Jeff. You've, you've been at the leadership of advocacy. You've given up time away from your family, away from your friends, away from your practice to help fight these fights. And Jeff, you're, you're a dynamic guy. Tell me, tell me what's going on in your world now, again, you continue to be this strong advocate for patient care. You continue to be a strong advocate for optometry. Tell me, tell me now what, what, what's, what's going on in Jeff Sencino's world? Well, look, you know, I realized long ago from being chair of the contact lens section and working in leadership roles within the academy as well, that we're facing massive legislative battles, right, against companies that have very deep pockets. And so one way to, to fight these companies is to do it with advocacy and with lobbying, okay? But the second and probably the most important way to do it is 
to outcompete them from a business perspective. And so a while ago, I had a, an, an idea where we could start a contact lens company that took these disruptors out of the equation. And I also realized that an optometrist was probably not the right person to run, you know, the fifth largest contact lens company, which we're not yet, but we will be, right? Um, and so I teamed up with an expert in business strategy to um, come take a look at our industry and work with me to try to come up with an idea where we could circumvent some of these disruptors. And it says it's exactly what we've done. So basically what we've created is a contact lens company that sells the contact lenses in two different locations. First is through practices, just like everyone else sells contact lenses. And the second is direct to consumer. The, the consumer must have been prescribed the lens by one of our network doctors. And then when the patient purchases their lenses online, directly from Iris, from us, the doctor who prescribed the lens gets the exact same margin as if the lens had been sold in their practice. And in that way, we make sure that the doctor is always in the loop. The doctor knows what type of lenses the patient is getting and it's what they prescribed and how many lenses that patient is getting. Because if you think about it, you know, when, when doctors prescribe lenses from the big four, the patient can then take that prescription, not purchase any lenses from the doctor, but continue to purchase lenses from an online disruptor for years without going back to get an eye exam. And there's no, there's no quantity control. So typically what these online disruptors do is they say, oh yeah, here, we'll sell you an annual supply. And then five days before that annual supply is due to expire, they contact the patient again and say, hey, you're about to expire. Do you want to order another annual supply? Right? And so with, with the company that we created, Iris, um, we make sure that the patient is getting exactly what the doctor prescribed and in the exact quantity. And we are also giving the margin to the doctor so that the doctor is properly incentivized to provide the best possible lens for the patient, meaning a daily disposable lens. Jeff, that's, that's, that's great. I, I, you know, all, all the things you say with the passive verification and the challenges that we're going through there, we're fighting those fights on a daily basis. Um, the, the sometimes needing to be a sleuth with, well, wait a second, how many contact lenses did you actually order? And are you abusing those lenses or did you get them um, with an illegal prescription? Um, for those of you that are listening, uh, practitioners realize that if you find somebody in your practice that is wearing lenses and they haven't been prescribed those lenses or it was a process of, of, of something um, where they obtain those, those lenses illegally, aoa.org front slash stop illegal CLS is where you should be reporting that. But um, Jeff, your, your efforts don't go unnoticed. Um, know that and uh, really know what you're doing. Um, I think truly seems to have the patient's best interest in heart and, uh, and ultimately too, the practitioner is that provide care for those patients. It seems to provide some level of control in that system as well too. The, the thing that we need now is we just need to get in front of more doctors. And so we just need doctors um, you know, to, to jump on board with us. With COVID, um, it's been a little bit tough to get the word out, 
And so I, I really thank you, Mel, for, for doing things like this, where we can get the word out to our, our colleagues that there is something better. There is, there is a better way to do things. And there's a way to do things that it, it, it's going to keep you in business for the next 10 to 20 years. Well, Jeff, um, as always, uh, you're just a wealth of knowledge. I always appreciate any time I get to spend connecting with you, communicating with you. And it's not surprising what you're doing. Um, Jeff, keep up the great work. Keep up the advocacy. Keep fighting the good fight. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening in to the Optometric Insights show. Make sure you follow us on our podcast. And otherwise, Jeff, again, a huge thank you for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks a lot, Neil. 